Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. So I will open up in prayer, and we will dive on into the word. Uh, Father God, we come now, give you glory, give you honor, give you praise, O oh God, thanking you, O oh God, for uh, this day that you have made, O oh God, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, O oh God, for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, O oh God. We thank you for their very lives, O oh God. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you, O oh God, for the word that shall go forth to this night, O oh God, that it shall go forth with power, and we know that your word shall accomplish that which you said will accomplish. We bless your name. We glorify your name, O oh God. We come against every distraction now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We bless your name. We glorify your name now. Please know, bless, correct your son, Jesus, and we pray. Amen. All right, so a quick, uh, brief recap, do a quick recap of, of last week's Bible study. And again, we're still on the series uh, entitled Virtual Warfare Training. So last week, we talked about the battleground and understanding that when you're on the, on the battleground, that we all have to engage in spiritual warfare, and the more you accept the power and authority given to you, the greater your advantage will be. Uh, and in reference to the battleground, understand that we said that there's no place for fear when you're on the battleground in, in spiritual warfare, but you have to rest in your faith in God because he knows what he's doing through you. And also we talked about how uh, you need to receive what God already said you have and attack the enemy in spiritual warfare when what you see contradicts what God said. Uh, then we also talked about how every problem that comes your way in life has an expiration date because no problem can ever survive in the spirit realm when you're in Christ. And that's important when you talk about on the battlefield. And then we've talked about what a battleground takes place. Uh, we talked about the three heavens, the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. And we, we went through script and, and broke down that, of course, the first heaven is earth, earth where we live, the earth's atmosphere and everything around it. Um, so that, that represents the first heaven. And then we talked about how the second heaven is where all the spiritual activity takes place. And, of course, we go back to the first heaven. That's where we have dominion. We were expected to rule, to do have dominion on earth in the first heaven, in the first heaven. And so that's where we have our jurisdiction. That's where God says, okay, I want you to do business until I return. So in the first heaven, again, that's the earth and the atmosphere all around it. We're supposed to rule, to do have dominion here on earth. The second heaven is where all the spiritual warfare takes place in the spirit realm, and that's when we pray. You know, God can release the warring angels to war on our behalf because we can't literally go to the second heaven and fight. But it's through our prayers, through our, our, our words and spiritual warfare that give strength to the, to the warring angels to, to, to war in the second heaven. And, of course, the third heaven is where God's throne is, God's literal throne is. Um, and so that's just a brief recap of last week. And if you missed it, you can go back and listen to the audio. All right. And so tonight we are on part six of spiritual warfare training, part six of spiritual warfare training, and tonight's topic is prayer as a weapon, prayer as a weapon. And tonight, because we're talking about spiritual warfare, it's very important as we're now in this part six, we've been going, we've been going, building precept upon precept, we've been going through each concept to get us to, you know, then we're going to take off, okay? Um, We're going to get more specific into some more uh, very specific details, Uh, but understand again, so tonight, prayer as a weapon. Understand that prayer is critical in spiritual warfare. Prayer is not something God needs, but it is what we need. It's what strengthens us. And so you should not begin to think for one second that you will be effective concerning any matter in the spirit without prayer. So we, 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 start, we start on that premise. We cannot expect that we will be effective concerning any matter in the spirit without prayer. And there is a significant difference. Watch this now. There is a significant difference in praying and having a prayer life. God expects you, he expects me to maintain a life of prayer because it gives you life. So you need to have a habit of prayer to maintain the stamina needed in spiritual warfare. And so, and and it's just like discipline. There was one point where, you know, it was hard to pray more than 10 minutes. But the more you do it, then it goes up to 30, and you get up to an hour and more than an hour. So it, 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 it takes discipline. The more you do it, and sometimes when it, it, at the beginning, they say, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine praying that long. But the more you do it, it's, you're building your stamina, and then you, you'll be able to go longer, et cetera. And you, so that's saturating your life in prayer. 
And prayer helps you get your flesh out of the way to prevent it from creating unnecessary problems. Satan and his demons love nothing more than for you to engage in spiritual warfare in your flesh because that's the only time they can win a battle. Watch this now. Flesh has never won a spiritual battle, but Jesus has never lost a spiritual battle. Therefore, we have to get in Christ. Flesh has never won a spiritual battle. So we know that off top. You can't win it with your flesh. You can't win it with your emotions. You can't win it with your feelings. Flesh has never won a spiritual battle, but Jesus has never lost a spiritual battle. So that's why we need to get in him. Prayer helps you get connected with Jesus because if it gets your flesh in check, it gets your flesh in check, and then it wakes up your spirit. So every prayer you pray unto God is like sending an email to heaven. You just need to wait for God to send you a direct reply. And God is reminding us at this time, as he always will, of the importance of a prayer life. He's trying to get you from just praying, from just simply praying to actually having a prayer life. Prayer keeps you fresh for battle, and it makes sure you are prepared for whatever may come your way. Prayer is work, and you will be able to do it much more as you put in the work. So when you don't have a prayer life, it's like telling God that you don't need the blood of Jesus to cover you. And we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. Jesus made the sacrifice for you to grow closer to God, not for you to spend less time with God. I'm going to say that again. Jesus made the sacrifice so that you can grow closer to God, not that you will spend less time with God. Very important to understand. Okay? And so, and I'm just building a couple of foundational pieces here before we get uh, take off. So understand, prayer is not an option, period. But it is your duty, your obligation as a soldier in God's army. Prayer is phoning home back to heaven. Every time you pray, it reunites you, it reunites you with your first home, and your first home we know is called heaven. And it should also be your last home. So it's often said, folks at a time, you shouldn't just pray, don't go to God just when you need something. That's true on, on the surface. But however, prayer actually is about what you need because it's exactly what you need. We need prayer. Like I said, God doesn't need it. We need it. So it's easy to get in and out of the routine of consistent prayer, but prayer requires discipline. Prayer gives you discipline. Prayer is what prepares you for your victory and spiritual battle. Yes, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have the authority of Jesus Christ. Yes, you have power over all the works of the enemy. However, if you want to consistently see the power of God demonstrated in your life, you should consistently pray because prayer recharges your battery. And the Holy Spirit doesn't need to be recharged, but we do. Since we carry him around as followers of Christ, we have to keep making more room for the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives. And I say it time and time again how when you're going out doing the work of the Lord, you're being obedient, then you're being it's Power is being poured out of you. So you have to keep going back to get filled up again. Okay? And so that places some responsibility on us. The Holy Spirit will heal. The Holy Spirit will deliver. The Holy Spirit will raise the dead, etc. through you. But you must ensure that you are making room for him to do so. Making room for the Holy Spirit to heal, deliver, and raise the dead through you is a daily process that begins and ends with prayer. So don't get caught up in thinking. You can't do any of these things. Don't get caught up in thinking, oh, I can't lay hands and heal the sick. I can't pray in the sick and recover. I can't raise the dead. I can't cast out demons. You can because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will do his job through you when you do your job by giving him the opportunity to work through you. So that's teamwork. Again, the Holy Spirit will do his job through you when you do your job by giving him the opportunity to work through you because he won't force himself. And prayer is a great way to do that. So you should not take prayer lightly because Satan does not take prayer lightly. That's why he does everything he can to keep you from praying to God. So don't allow what you see make you so frustrated that you don't pray. Prayer is what can change it. And Satan knows that a key secret to your success is in prayer. And that's why he aims to frustrate you to make you think prayer isn't working. I'm going to say that again because it just hit home for some of you. Satan knows that a key secret to your success is in prayer. And that's why he aims to frustrate you, to make you think that your prayer is not working. But as I say time and time again, every time you pray, prayer hits your target. It hits the target. 
Every time you pray, prayer has an assignment. Okay? So so don't ever think that when you're praying, because again, it's spiritual activity. When you're praying, it's going up to heaven, it's going up to the third heaven, and then God's sending back messages, and it has to pass through the second heaven, and that's where war- warfare takes place. And we talked about it last week how it can get held up in the second heaven. Okay? We looked at Daniel 10 when it got held, when Daniel prayer got held up for 21 days of no fault of his own, but, I, but he had to continue to pray. He had to continue to war in the spirit because there was a spiritual warfare going on in the second heaven between uh, uh, God's angels and, and, and princip- demonic principalities over a particular region, okay? So it's real. So just because you can't see it in the natural does not mean that it's not going on. It doesn't matter if you see it in the natural because the battle is not in the natural. It's in the spirit. That's why prayer is not physical. Prayer is spiritual. Okay, so again, Satan understands that that's a secret to your success. So if Satan understands that prayer is a secret to your success, then you should understand that prayer is a secret to your success and that you should continuously be growing in prayer. You should, con- you should not be at the same place in prayer that you were a year ago. You should not be at the same place in prayer that you were six months ago. You should constantly be evolving, constantly stretching yourself, constantly switching up the routine because it's what you need. Keep in mind what God's been saying all of last year. The, the, the level of prayer that got us here is not the level of prayer that's going to keep us here. So it has to be increased, okay? He's reminding us this again, and keep in mind, it, I, I love how God operates. He would tell us something so far in advance because he knows that sometimes we have that slower learning curve, you know? Uh, sometimes we get it a month in. Sometimes we get it two months in, some, you know? And the more you do it, then the lesser uh, your, your learning curve is. But he would tell us something so far in advance to prepare us for the season that we're now in. So he's been telling us all of last year about the coming revival. Now we're in the season of revival. He's been telling us all of last year to increase your prayer life because what got you here is not what's going to keep you here, uh, okay? And so that's the point. He's so pretty much he's saying, hello, if revival's coming, if revival's here, if, if, we're, if we're at the brink of it, we're already in that season, then the enemy recognized what's happening. Didn't know, so, so the enemy is working overtime to try to make sure that, you get frustrated to try to make sure that you throw in a towel to make you think this is how it is, to make you think this is, you know, to keep you in bondage. Because he knows that if you ever wake up to the power and authority that's in you, if you ever accept it, look, we, we, can, we can talk about all your spiritual gifts because we all have them. We all have different gifts that was given to us by the Holy Spirit, and he said that he gives gifts as he please. But please understand this. There is no greater gift outside of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. There's no greater gift that you will get than the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. So you just need to, you need to rest on that premise alone. There is no greater gift. It's great that you can sing well and, and to the glory of God and you can dance well to the glory of God and you can cook and you can do all these wonderful things and all these great gifts that you have and you have a great mind and creativity, etc. All those things are wonderful because it's all to the glory of God. However, the greatest gift outside of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, is the power. And, of course, and, and this, this is the gift that came as a result of that. As a result of Jesus dying, we got the greatest gift that we will ever receive, which is on earth, which is the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. So, and it's the first gift he gave us once we accept Christ, but yet it's the, it's the gift that we struggle with the most. Because folks love, oh, I, yeah, the Lord called me to sing, and the Lord called me to preach, and, and he called me to work with the youth, and he called me to work. Great, wonderful. All those things are wonderful. Again, it's to the glory of God. But we overlook. You can't do those things effectively without the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. Because if you are doing it out of your natural talent and not under the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit and authority of Jesus Christ, then it's just a hobby. If you operating any gift without accepting the full power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, it's just a hobby. It's just, it's just something cool that you do. But God is trying to tell you and I to wake up. He said, look, my church have overlooked the greatest gift I gave to them, which is the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that can stop you on this earth. When you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, impossibility, you cannot be stopped. When he says no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that is very true. When you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ, demons recognize power and authority. They have to submit to it. 
So if they're not submitting to your power and your authority, that means you're not accepting it. You're not walking in it. Sickness has to bow down to the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Bondage, fear, rejection, depression, stress, anger, lust, it has to bow down to the power and authority of Jesus Christ. So if there are some things that have been haunting you, that have been tormenting you, that has not bowed down, then that means that you have to wake up to the power and authority of Jesus Christ, and it's easy. It's easy. It's just a mindset shift to say, I'm going, I accept it. I accept it. So, so right here on this call right now, they say, Lord, I accept the power and the authority. Say it again. Lord, I accept the power and the authority. It's, we have to accept it. We have to accept it because there's no need for us to go any further. There's no need for us to talk about uh, 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 spiritual warfare if you're not using the tools that you need to win. The greatest gift you will ever receive on this earth is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise that came when Jesus died and we accepted him and the authority of Jesus Christ. In other words, saying when I show up, Christ shows up because I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in the name of Jesus Christ. So therefore, what are you afraid of? What are you running from? Because the only thing that's afraid is flesh. So if you're scared, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, then your flesh is in the way. And then God is saying you got to wake up to the power and authority because the power and authority is what's going to do it. You just have to put yourself in position to do it and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And it is that simple. Okay? So we, we can't take prayer lightly. And so prayer is not boring. It's only boring if you don't have anything to talk to God about. Look at the world, and I assure you that you'll find much to pray about. So you should make it your business to consistently pray because prayer helps you effectively handle God's business. Prayer helps you to effectively handle God's business. Simple as that. So we have to make room for the Holy Spirit, and he will do his job through you. He will do it. All right, let's go to our first passage, Mark 13, verses 35 through 37. Again, that's Mark 13, 35 through 37. And it reads, Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in, the evening, at night, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, Watch. So here Jesus was talking to the disciples about the end of the age, and this passage refers to when the end of time may come. So we see in verse 35 the breakdown of the four night watches. In this passage, the evening represents the first watch, which is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Midnight, when he said that midnight in verse 35, that represents the second watch, which is 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Then he says at the crowing of the rooster. That's the third watch, which is 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And then the fourth watch, when it says in the morning, is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So we don't know when Christ shall return, but he said that because of this, we must watch because he may come suddenly and find us sleeping. So in other words, we must pray and be sure that we're living a life pleasing to God, that we're being obedient to his will, that we're carrying out our kingdom assignment because we never know when he may return for us. And so we don't want to be found unprepared. And God gave you responsibility in the territory that he gave to you. And he expects you to cover your territory in prayer. He expects you to rule, subdue, have dominion in the first heaven where we are, where we live on this earth, in the atmosphere around it, the clouds, etc., the sky. So we have dominion here. Okay? So you must do your job because it is vital in God's kingdom. And accept the responsibility that God trusts you with. And don't wait around for someone else to do tomorrow what God's called you to do today. Don't wait around for someone else to do tomorrow what God has called you to do today. You're looking at them to do it and waiting for them to do it, and God is saying, what about you? I've called you. I've anointed you. I've chosen you. I've set you apart. You're not like everyone else because I made you uniquely you, and I give you a specific assignment, assignments, okay? And so you've got to start taking dominion over what God has given you authority over. It starts in your home, where you work, your community, your grocery store. Wherever you go, you bring heaven. Everywhere you go, you bring a piece of heaven. And so, and so we've been saying it over and over again, but it hasn't clicked for some of you yet. 
because you don't see things happening. Or we get so caught up in what we got to do. And, and again, the enemy wants us to stay busy. He don't mind you staying busy now because he wants you to be so zoned in, so, so, so tuned into what you're doing, what you have going on, to miss everything that's going on around you. To miss that person that, might, that you might have walked by and that might have been suicidal. To miss that person that you walked by who, who look at their only last leg and you could have prayed for to set them free. But the problem is we've been taught that, well, just mind your business. You, you know, they ain't doing any of your business. They ain't asking for something. No, 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 no. Please tell me one time in Scripture that any place Jesus went that he didn't bring about change. Everywhere he went, he brought about change. Everywhere he went, he was healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, encouraging folk. Feeding folk. Everywhere that he went, he caused a change to happen. And so, therefore, let's go back to Scripture. I'm going to give you the word. If it says that we are seated in Christ, in heavenly places, far above principalities, power against any work of the enemy, if we're seated in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, the promise, that's the power. If we have all of this, and he made it clear that greater works we shall do. Greater works we shall do than he did on the earth. Then what are you doing? What are we doing? Because we are the living manifestation of Christ in this earth. We are the living manifestation of him because he's doing the work through us. But we have to give him the work to do. We have to show up. You can't stay close behind the four walls. You can't just stay on your normal routine. What's your normal routine? Work home, church. Work home, grocery store. The same routine. The same thing. Over and over again. This concern about the cares of your own life, when every day that you go out is an opportunity for ministry. And we, we, we make this term ministry just about church. Every child of God has a ministry because it's all God's. Every day you go about, you have an opportunity to impact someone's life. And I say time again, just by you showing up, you shift the atmosphere because, again, you're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. You're coming in his name. You are his ambassador, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can stop you. But the problem is we're not going out doing anything. We're getting caught up in our normal routine. Yes, there is the meaning that we, we can, and I don't have to take it that far. Some of us have the mindset of, well, I go here and, and, and you know, I'm going to go here and just mind my business, do what I got to do and go home. You go to work, I'm going to go to work, mind my business, go home. Mind your business. Yeah, you do need to mind your business. That is your business. The souls around you at your job is your business. Those who are sick around you on your job is your business. Those who are depressed, downtrodden, oppressed, depressed, stressed out on your job that you go to every day is your business. Because you were taught, oh, they, oh, that's if they don't if they don't tell me that, they ain't none of my business. If they didn't ask me for no help. I don't know nothing. I, I don't want my name in nothing. Your name should be all up in it because everywhere Jesus went, his name was all up in it. His name went all about everywhere he went. This Jesus, this Jesus going around and, and, and casting out demons. This Jesus going around and healing the sick. This Jesus going around and turning over tables and, and messing up tradition. You are not a traditionalist. You are a kingdom child. Kingdom children change the atmosphere everywhere that we go. So it, it changed your mindset. You were told, you were taught, it ain't in your business. How is it not your business when God gave you authority in that place? How is what happens on your job, on your place of work, whether you like it or not, you still have dominion there. So if things is not going according to how you like it on your job, guess what? Guess who can change that? Guess who expects? Guess who's supposed to change that? God is God. You, you get mad at God. Tell me, Lord, what's going on? I don't want to stay. I'm going to. He's saying, I gave you the power and authority. You don't want to use it. You don't want to wake up to it. I'm trying, and that's why you're on this Bible study right now. He's reiterating it to you. I've already given it to you. I've already given it to you. But you have to accept it. And it's a daily process. And I know because this is changing a mindset. Changing a mindset because you were taught, I'm going about by my business. Don't mind. Just unless someone asks me for prayer, I'm going to go about. It's my, I, I'm out of my business. But guess, guess what your business is? Last I checked, he said, do business until I return so you really don't have no business of your own. Scripture last time I checked, it said that when Jesus died, we were bought with a price. Our life no longer belongs to us. Hence, therefore, our life is hidden in Christ. So therefore, God's business 
is your business. Huh. And last time I checked, he said to go ye therefore into the world. Uh, he said to heal the sick, uh, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons, raise the dead. Uh, freely as you receive, freely you give. Uh, last, I, I think that's what the word of God says, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, last time I checked, I think it said I can do all things through Christ. I think actually I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. Last time I checked, I think it said greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So, huh, that means I have to change my mindset. I have to get this word in me. I have to do what God already said. There's some things you don't have to pray about because it's already done. You just have to go and get it. You have to go and take it because it's already yours because God already said it's yours. He already told you to have dominion on your job because it's your assigned territory. It may not be where you'll be forever, but if you're there right now, you're supposed to have dominion everywhere. And, and I can look back on my life. And, and, and people thought I was crazy. Every, every job that I was ever on, I was always the one, the voice of the people. I was always the one I was going to speak out when everyone was afraid. I was like, what y'all scared for? What, 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 what can they do? It's the truth. Folks, oh, I don't want no problem. Because I understood then that it was, it was, it was, God's business was my business. Okay? Now, I'm not saying every day was perfect. Well, some days I like, I don't want to be here. This is a mess. I just, you know, I understand that. We, that's that human condition. We will experience that human condition. I understand it. But the point is, that's why I say it's a daily process. It's a daily process. Okay? So, again, you have to do your job because it's vital in God's kingdom. Accept that responsibility that God trusts you with and don't wait around for someone else to do tomorrow what God's called you to do today. So, again, let's talk about the prayer watches. There are eight watches in the Bible. There are four in the day and four in the night. And in Scripture, watchmen will relieve each other to cover a different watch of the night. And they won't post to watch out for an enemy that may have tried to approach the camp. And we, too, are watchmen through our prayers, and we need to be on post. We know that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, so we must be on the lookout through prayer, not just for ourselves but for others. The body of Christ is supposed to be one mighty unified army. The body of Christ is supposed to be one unified army. Now let's look at the day watches. The day watches in the daytime is 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., and in Scripture, 9 a.m. is referred to as the third hour in Scripture. Whenever you say Scripture, top of the third hour, that's 9 a.m. Uh, the second day watch is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And 12 p.m. is also referred to as the sixth hour in Scripture. You notice it goes up by three. Third hour was 9 a.m. Three hours later, 12 p.m. was the sixth hour. Then the third watch is 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. And 3 p.m. is also referred to as the ninth hour. And then the fourth watch during the day was 3 p.m to 6 p.m., and 6 p.m. would be the 12th hour. So, again, 9 a.m. is the third hour in Scripture. 12 p.m. is the sixth hour. 3 p.m. is the ninth hour, and 6 p.m. is the 12th hour. So you see it went up in intervals of three, okay? And so those are the four day watches. We've already covered the night watches, but, again, the first watch at nighttime is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's the first watch. And 9 p.m. would be known as the third night hour. The second watch is 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. The third watch is 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And this is typically the watch that I typically pray on somewhere in this vicinity. Uh, I mean, during the day is time too, but I'm saying this is a, a watch that God has had me on for a while, this third watch. Uh, anytime in that, that time span between 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And the third watch is where a lot of spiritual activity takes place. A lot of warfare occurs. It's also known as the witching hour. Because the enemy tries to sow seeds while many folks are sleeping. A lot of witches and warlocks, et cetera, this is when they try to cast their spells, their black magic, et cetera. That's when they do it, when, it, when most people are sleeping, at the nighttime. They don't like the day. So that, that's why the scripture talks about when the enemy tries to sow the seeds at night. This, this, this is an example of that, during the third watch. So that's why it's good to have those who are on watch combating that, coming up against that, while they, to, to scatter it, to scatter the seeds that are trying to be sown at night. Uh, and then the fourth watch is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So you should find yourself uh, somewhere praying within one of these watches, at least one of these watches at some point. Well, you know, not the whole time necessarily, just somewhere in that, but and understanding what these, that there's different things that goes on these watches. The fourth watch, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., known as was where you can command your morning, a lot of angelic activity going on at that time. It's just an understanding that it, it helps you to know, okay, well, how you can get certain results quicker when you understand what goes on in these different watches. And it's not that, I mean, anytime you pray is effective, 
but I'm just showing you how the importance of these watches and why, they, why they're there for us to understand. Okay? So let's go to Luke 18 and 1. Luke 18 and 1. Just one verse, and it says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That men ought to always ought to pray and not lose heart. Now, Jesus was speaking to the disciples, and this was and is a direct command to us as well, that we should always pray and not lose heart. And Jesus said not to lose heart in your praying. In other words, when you're facing tough times or when it seems like your prayers are not being answered, don't stop praying. If you quit praying, you're quitting on yourself. And the people you didn't know were depending on your prayers. So you can't afford to quit. Prayer causes things to happen in the spirit, and you are spirit. So prayer causes things to happen in your life. He didn't say we ought to sometimes pray, but always pray. He said we ought to always pray. That's a lifestyle. Every time you pray, heaven responds. Every time you pray, heaven responds. Every time you pray, heaven responds. Understand that key principle. So your prayers are being heard. They are reaching heaven. They are reaching heaven. Understand that. Okay? And so with that being said, because you know as your prayers are being heard, we ought to be bold. Prayer helps give you a boldness that you didn't have before to face the enemy head on in spiritual warfare. And he knew the type of challenges that Satan and his demons were going to throw at you because they were throwing at him. However, we should not give up. Every time you pray, you're letting the devil know that you will not quit. And your persistence in prayer will create consistent results. Let's go to Daniel 6 and 10. Daniel 6 and 10. And just one verse there. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel 6 and 10, and it reads, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days as was his custom since early days so we see here now we find daniel and daniel uh he was going to prayer he went into prayer after a law was passed that no one was allowed to pray or make petitions to any god or man for 30 days except to the king so this this is a petition that went out it was signed sealed and said hey no one's supposed to pray to any other god or any man for 30 days except to the king and so this did not stop Daniel because he would not worship a man or a false god. Prayer gives you courage to face the enemy no matter how big the challenge seems because prayer is tied to your faith in God. It's not tied to your flesh, not tied to your feelings, not tied to your opinions. It's tied to God, your faith in God. So as usual, Daniel prayed three times a day, morning, noon, and night. We don't have to follow his exact schedule, but the key is that we are in consistent contact and communication with God. And some may pray longer in the morning before the day starts or longer at night when the day ends. Either way, our day should always start and end with prayer with something in the middle. And prayer is a part of your spiritual exercise because it keeps you fit for spiritual warfare. It keeps you fit for spiritual warfare. And so because Daniel prayed and went against the decree, he was thrown in the lines then. So that now he, he was bold, he went against it. So because he was disobedient to the king's decree, and he was not going to bow down to a man. He was not going to bow down to a false god. He was thrown into the lion's den. But it was through prayer that God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth, and no harm came upon Daniel. Now, notice that Daniel's prayers reached heaven while he found himself in spiritual warfare. Daniel's prayer reached heaven, and the angel fought on his behalf. Sometimes all you have to do is pray to God, and God will send an angel to fight the battle on your behalf. And that's why I said. That's why prayer is important, okay? And we know that there's difference between prayer and spiritual warfare because prayer, again, uh, is, is our, our communication with heaven, with God, etc. But you also have to command demons to leave. You have to open up your mouth, engage in spiritual warfare by commanding whatever's been attacking you, whatever's been stealing from you to, to, to take its hold off you in the name of Jesus. Command sickness to leave your body. Command stress to go. Command this depression to go. Commanding your kids, uh, whatever's trying to keep your kids in bondage, to leave in the name of Jesus. So you have to open your mouth and that's warfare that's and declaring the word of god no weapon for them to get yourself prosperous so you have to engage the enemy through your words and the word of god and so in doing that like i said it, it, it causes things to happen because now you're operating in your power and your authority and like i said then when you pray to reach heaven you're always going to get back up so you see how it's all working hand in hand because you still have angels that are fighting on your behalf okay so let's go to luke 5 luke 5 verses 15 to 16 luke 5 
verses 15 through 16. Again, that's Luke 5, 15 through 16. Luke chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. All right. And it reads, However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So here we find Jesus as the ultimate example. Uh, Jesus was very busy teaching, healing, casting out demons, performing miracles. However, notice that Jesus often went away from everyone into a quiet place to pray to God. Jesus is example. We're to follow. If Jesus made time to pray on earth, there's no excuse for us not to make time to pray. And notice that the prayer was necessary for even Jesus to continue doing what he did on earth. The report went out all over about Jesus. It went all over about Jesus, what he was doing, and the lives of others. So when you have a consistent prayer life, it will show because the Holy Spirit will have many opportunities to demonstrate his power in your life. And you cannot fully operate in the power of God if you don't follow his system. And his system requires prayer and devotion to him. Prayer is your petition to God to do on earth what he's already done in heaven. Prayer is your petition to God to do on earth what he's already done in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven, as it already is in heaven. And that's why I said earlier, change your mindset, whether you're going on your job, out in your community grocery store, you, you know, you got to change that mindset of saying, okay, it's none of my business. What's going on over there? It's none of my business. They don't come to me because it is your business because it's God's business. God wants those who aren't saved to be saved. God wants those who are in bondage to be set free. And you have the equipment. You have the equipment. And again, the greatest gift. Outside of Jesus dying on the cross, that you have ever received on earth, is the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift in the midst of all other things, the great gifts you've been given, they're wonderful, all your talents, wonderful, but you will not receive a greater gift than the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. And that's what is so often overlooked. We talk about it, flirt with it, but not enough of us are walking in it. Because like I said, if you're not, if you can have your gifts and, and walk in, etc., but if it's not backed by the Holy Spirit, not backed by the authority of Jesus Christ. It's just a hobby. It's just a social thing. Okay? So we have to make sure that we're accepting this. And I say it's a daily process because you have to accept it. Because when you accept it, then you will not go around now thinking that it just be concerned about your business. You don't have business. God's business is your business. It's my business. Okay? So understand, spiritual warfare is not just something you do. It's what you're in. It's a war between God's army and Satan's army. And God's army we know has already won. Let's go to 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18, verses 41 through 46. And that's 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. All right, 1 Kings 18, beginning at verse 41. And it reads, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare the chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So here we find prophet Elijah. After he had all the false prophets of Baal killed, Elijah was informed by God that rain was going to come. God told him rain's going to come. However, it did not come right away. So it's not that Elijah did not hear from God or that Elijah was crazy, but God gave him a heads up to know that rain was going to come. So Elijah prayed seven times, and the rain finally came. So this took persistence. So you must learn to keep praying until you see the manifestation of your prayers on earth. Okay? And everyone can't see it just yet and may not see it like you see it. But there are some things that you hear before you see. And Elijah heard in the spirit that the rain was coming before he or his servant physically saw it. So you must be persistent in prayer to the point that you will keep contacting heaven until change comes. And so there are some things you can't receive until you pray it down from heaven. But some things have been sent and you must snatch it from hell. 
I'm going to say that again. There are some things you cannot receive until you pray it down from heaven. But there are some things that have already been sent, and you must snatch it from hell. That's warfare. You have to snatch back what has been stolen from you. And you, you, you hear the cliche, oh, it's, oh, I'm going to devil's camp. I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me. But it's not a, enough of going in there and actually taking it back because it's not enough of accepting the power and authority that's in you. When you say, don't, don't let your feathers be ruffled by what you see in the natural. You got to persevere, persevere. Get that righteous indignation like, okay, I will be stolen from no more. I will not remain in this condition any longer. This has to change, and I know that I can make it change because the power and authority that's in me, and I know that I have power and authority on this earth. I have dominion on this earth. I, I rule on this earth. So if there's some things that are not lining up with what God said, and there's some things that is going on that I do not like, that is not in line with God's will, I have the power and the authority to change it, and I'm going to keep contacting heaven until I see what I know is God's will. I'm going to keep fighting against any demon that will try to steal from me because there's some things God says I've already released, and it's not a, you don't have to pray to me about it again, but you need to go and engage the enemy in warfare and take it back. Command the enemy to leave your life. Command what has been stolen to be returned in the name of Jesus. That's what you have to do because you have power and authority on earth. You have dominion on earth. We've been saying it time and time again, but until you wake up to it, until you're walking in it, we can rehearse it over and over, over again until it's become a part of who you are. Because the church has been good about talking about it, but the church has not been great at demonstrating it. And that's what God is taking us in this season, in this remnant that he's raising up, in this hour. We will not just talk about it. We will not just flirt with it. We will not just play with it. We will not just talk about it in theory. We will walk in it. We will talk in it. We will demonstrate it. That's the difference. Miracle signs of the ones will have to follow. To the point it's been so bad until there are, there are doctrines, there are churches right around you, right around the corner from you who don't believe that God does miracles anymore. And when he does, does a miracle. It's a big event. Oh, it's a big deal. One miracle in the church in five years. God is calling us higher. Enough is enough. We've been talking about it for too long. Now it's time for us to walk in it. What good? What good? Is it if we are not ha not walking effectively in the power? Because you got a world that's looking and the world is saying, I don't see no power there. I see a bunch of broke folk. I see a bunch of busted folk. I see a bunch of begging folk. What you begging for? You don't have to suck up to no man. You are the child of the most high God, and you have all power living in you, all authority living in you. So now this is a wake-up call. This is a, a clarion call. God is calling you. He's saying you. This is time now. To not just talk about the power, to not just talk about the authority, but to demonstrate it and let me demonstrate it through you. A mindset change. That it is your business what's going on around you. It is your business what's happening in your community. It is your business because you were given authority there. You were given jurisdiction there. So if there are things going on in your arena, in your area, that's outside of God's will, it is your business. It is your business to pray about that thing. It is your business to engage those demons in spiritual warfare because God gave you that responsibility, and he's holding you accountable for it because it's your area. He said, well, why did I give it to you if you're going to just sit there and roll over? And as I said before, we have been rolling over for far too long. It is not a child of God's, a child of God's job to roll over. It is our job to take over. You have rolled over long enough. You have, you have allowed stuff to beat you up, frustrate you, stress you out, depress you long enough, st steal from you long enough. Stop rolling over, and it's time to take over. Wake up. Accept the power and authority that's in you. It's there. It's there. It might have been stagnant for a while, but you got to wake it up. You got to wake it up. You may have been stirring it, stirring it for a while, but now it's time for it to go and do it. Changing your mindset. God is changing our mindset, expanding it. To know that his business is your business. And there's some things you don't have to pray about any longer. God is saying, you go back and you snatch it from the enemy in the spirit. You command him to take their hands off of your finances. Command him to take your hands off of your health. Command him to take your hands off of your mind, off of your children, off of your family. And you keep warring until you see that change. Because guess what? The easy part is just showing up. The Holy Spirit can do the rest with the power. The authority of Christ can do the rest. You just got to show up. You just got to show up. Let's go to Colossians 4 and 2. Colossians 4 and 2. Colossians 4 and 2. And that's just one verse. 
in your passage, Colossians 4 and 2, it reads, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Apostle Paul made abundantly clear that we should continue in prayer. Because we're talking about prayer as a weapon and spiritual warfare. Look, we have to continue in prayer, devote ourselves to prayer, persevere in prayer. Like I said, the level of prayer that you were on six months ago should not be the level of prayer that you are on now. We should constantly expand. Okay? So the only way to continue in prayer is to have a life of prayer. As I said in the beginning, God is he's saying, look, we got to go from this praying to having a life of prayer. Satan wants to keep you busy because he knows that the secret to your success lies in your prayers. Okay? And so prayer to God shouldn't just be something you do, but it should be a part of who you are. Devoting yourself to prayer is a lifestyle. Don't pray in your feelings, but pray in your faith because you're saying, okay, God, what I'm seeing right now in this area is contradicting what I see in your word. It's contradicting who I am because I'm royalty. So what I'm seeing is contradicting who I am in you. If I'm seated in Christ, I'm seated in Christ above all principalities, above all works of daily. If I'm seated in Christ and some things aren't lining up, I see it's not in lining up with me being royalty, with me being seated in Christ. So that means that there's that, that's the area I got to attack the enemy in. I got to take that wall to the enemy and not being afraid. What are you afraid of? Well, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the same power that got Jesus up from the dead. This is the same power that heals the sick. This is the same power that casts out demons. So you got that covered. You don't, have, you don't have to look for that. You don't have to look for that. And you have the third of Jesus Christ where demons have to bow down to. They have to submit to his authority. So you have that. You don't have to look for that. You don't have to pray for that. Only thing you need to do is prayer, prayer is not for God. Prayer is for us. To keep our flesh out the way. To keep us submitted to God. To keep us obedient to God. To continue to, to fill, that the Holy Spirit can continue to fill us back up. Rejuvenate us. Replenish us. Okay? Recharge our battery. Okay, so again, it's, it has to be a regular part of our life. Prayer is to be a regular and daily part of our lives. It's a process to get into the presence of God. We must also be watchful, meaning you're attentive and that your mind is in the right place. Because it's easy to start praying, and you're praying, and you're saying words, but your mind is thinking something else. You think it's a, you, you think about what you got to do tomorrow, but you're praying. So you're not even focused. You got to focus. Get cloud, get that noise out your out your head. Okay, so God wants your undivided attention, and of course, we always give thanks to God. Always thank God for what he's already done for you because he will always do more for you to be thankful for. He always will do more. Every time God shows up, he's bigger than he was last time. So you should be so persistent in prayer that you are confident that you will get results. And only those who are immature in God quit praying because they feel they aren't being heard. God always hears you, and every prayer you pray will come with a soon enough answer. Every prayer has a target. Every prayer that you pray has a target. Every prayer that you pray has a target. And like I said, it's like sending an email to heaven that you just need to wait, wait for God for a direct reply. Just wait for a direct, direct reply. And it's reuniting us with our first home, which is heaven, the third heaven where God is. Okay? And again, prayer is not boring. It's only boring if you don't have anything to talk to God about. Like I said, look around you. There's plenty, plenty going on, especially in your territory. That you can pray about. So you have to make it your business to consistently pray because prayer helps you effectively handle God's business. All right, let's go to our last verse. Psalm 55 and 22. Psalm 55 and 22. Psalm 55 and 22. And it reads, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And there is some weight that God never intended for you to carry. We are to place our burdens on him. We understand this. And the only way to pick up your burdens and place your burdens on God is through prayer. If you give your heavy load over to God, he will sustain you. He promised it, so he's going to do it. And not only will the Lord take your burdens, but he will sustain you. You cannot effectively carry out God's will if you don't pray. Prayer, watch this now. Prayer is your license to be a spiritual assassin against the enemy. And every time you pray, you renew your license. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is your license to be a spiritual assassin against the enemy. And every time you pray, you renew your license. And he will not allow the righteous to be moved. Righteousness is simply being in right standing with God. You may be shaken along the way, but you remain in God's hand. 
And when you put your trust all the way in God through Jesus Christ, you won't be moved because you're planted on a solid foundation. And if you're ignorant to what God has already said about you, it becomes more difficult to know and receive what he has for you. And that's why we have to pray. That's why we have to study. Because, again, prayer is a weapon in spiritual warfare. Okay? So, again, understand that you have more business than you realized. God's business is your business. And he gave you territory that he assigned to you. He said, look, I want you to be a good steward over this. Do business until I return. But you have to show up for the Holy Spirit to do the work through you. You got to show up so the power of God can operate in your life. You can't stay close behind the four doors. And like I said, your same routine, but even in your same routine, there's so much that's going, that goes on that, that's, that's God's business. That, that is your, now your business. You were bought with a price when Jesus died on the cross. Our life is no longer our own. We're seated in Christ. So you, it's time to work it. It's time to work the power. We talk, and there's not, nothing to be afraid about. That's taken care of. You got the power and authority. You just have to go. The rest is on God. The rest is on God. The healing is on God. The deliverance is on God. You just got to show up, put in the work. The power of the Holy Spirit will do what he does. The authority of Jesus Christ will do what he does. We're just a vessel. We just got to show up. We just have to give the platform for it to be done. That's why we're vessels of Christ. I will close us on out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of this Bible study. We thank you, O God, for all that's been said and done tonight, O God. We thank you, O God, for uh, each and everyone who is listening under the sound of my voice, O God. We thank you, O God, for continuing to strengthen them, O God, continue to encourage them, O God, and to continue to move forward in the things of you, O God. And I declare they shall take uh, full power, full authority, full dominion in the assigned territory that you have given unto them, O God. For we know, O God, that you never made junk, O God, that we are royalty, O God, and you expect us to do what you've called us to do on this earth, O God. And I declare the spirit of peace shall rest upon each and every house represented here under the sound of my voice, O God. And I declare, O God, that as they go forth into the valley, O God, that miracle signs and wonders shall follow them, O God, that there shall be change in their life, O God, that they shall continue to have a zeal for you, O God, a zeal for your word, O God. And I thank you, O God, that they will continue to grow in you, O God. They will continue to go deeper in the things of you. For, Lord, you said that we draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. So we thank you, O God. We thank you for your word, O God, that it comes forth with power, O God. And now we can go back and encourage others. We give him all glory, all honor, and all praise. These and all blessed we ask your son, Jesus, and we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Of course, that's all I have for you tonight. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. This is Apostle Green signing out. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media. 